HLI's Giving Season 2023 Research Overview by Happier Lives Institute Summary At the Happier Lives Institute, we look for the most cost-effective interventions and organizations that improve subjective well-being, how people feel during and about their lives. We quantify the impact in well-being adjusted life years, or WELLBYs. To learn more about our approach, see our Key Ideas page and our Research Methodology page. Last year, we published our first charity recommendations. We recommended Strong Minds, an NGO aiming to scale depression treatment in sub-Saharan Africa, as our top funding opportunity, but noted the Against Malaria Foundation could be better under some assumptions. This year, we maintain our recommendation for Strong Minds, and we've added the Against Malaria Foundation as a second top charity. We have substantially updated our analysis of psychotherapy undertaking a systematic review and a revised meta-analysis, after which our estimate for strong minds has declined from 8x to 3.7x as cost-effective as cash transfers, in WELLBYs, resulting in a larger overlap in the cost-effectiveness of strong minds and AMF. The decline in cost-effectiveness is primarily due to lower estimated household spillovers, our new correction for publication bias, and the prediction that strong minds might have smaller than average effects. We've also started evaluating another mental health charity, Friendship Bench, an NGO that delivers problem-solving therapy in Zimbabwe. Our initial estimates suggest that the Friendship Bench may be 7x more cost-effective, in WLLBYs, than cash transfers. We think Friendship Bench is a promising cost-effective charity, but we have not yet investigated it as thoroughly, so our analysis is more preliminary, uncertain, and likely to change. As before, we don't recommend cash transfers or deworming. The former because it's likely psychotherapy is several times more cost-effective, the latter because it remains uncertain if deworming has a long-term effect on well-being. This year, we've also conducted shallow investigations into new cause areas. Based on our preliminary research, we think there are promising opportunities to improve well-being by preventing lead exposure. Improving childhood nutrition, improving parenting, for example, encouraging stimulating play, avoiding maltreatment, preventing violence against women and children, and providing pain relief in palliative care. In general, the evidence we've found on these topics is weaker, and our reports are shallower, but we highlight promising charities and research opportunities in these areas. We've also found a number of less promising causes, which we discuss briefly to inform others. In this report, we provide an overview of all our evaluations to date. We group them into two categories, in-depth and speculative, based on our level of investigation. We discuss these in turn. In-depth evaluations. Relatively late-stage investigations that we consider moderate to high depth. 1. Top charities. These are well-evidenced interventions that are cost-effective and have been evaluated in medium to high depth. We think of these as the comparatively safer bets. 2. Promising charities. These are well-evidenced opportunities that are potentially more cost-effective than the top charities, but we have more uncertainty about. We want to investigate them more before recommending them as a top charity. 3. Non-recommended charities. These are charities we've rigorously evaluated but the current evidence suggests are less cost-effective than our top charities. Speculative evaluations. Early-stage investigations that are shallow in depth. 1. Promising bets. These are high-priority opportunities to research because we think they're potentially more cost-effective than our current recommendations. We mention them for donors interested in high-risk, potentially high-reward giving.
2. Less promising interventions. These are interventions we've looked into briefly but have unpromising cost-effectiveness, limited evidence, or unactionable funding opportunities. We share these as a point of comparison, as we expect donors will want to know about misses as well as hits. Heading. In-depth evaluations. We present our cost-effectiveness estimates for charities we've evaluated in medium to high depth in Figure 1. We discuss each charity in turn in the following sections. Figure 1. Comparison of the cost-effectiveness of the charities. There's an image here in the text. Note. The diamonds represent the central estimate of cost-effectiveness, that is, the point estimates. The shaded areas are probability density distribution, and the solid whiskers represent the 95% confidence intervals for strong minds, friendship bench, and give directly. The lines for AMF, the Against Malaria Foundation, are different from the others. Deworming charities are not shown, because we are very uncertain of their cost-effectiveness. Subheading. 1. Top Charities. Our top charities are well-evidenced opportunities that are cost-effective and have been evaluated in medium to high depth. Readers should be aware that this doesn't mean we think these interventions are the best there is, only that these are the best we've found so far. Research looking into the best ways to help people become happier, as measured in WELLBYs, is novel in general. We only made our first recommendation in 2022 and there is plenty more to do. Subheading. 1.1 StrongMinds Psychotherapy. StrongMinds is an NGO that treats women for depression via six weeks of in-person group psychotherapy, GIPT. WHO, 2016, programs across Uganda and Zambia. We recommended StrongMinds last year, and we do so again this year. However, this year we conducted a substantial update to our evaluation of psychotherapy in general and StrongMinds in particular. Maguire et al. 2023c, this update involved several major methodological extensions of our previous work. Systematically reviewing the literature to update the evidence for the individual, 39. Right arrow, 74 RCTs, and household effects, 2. Right arrow, 5 RCTs. Correcting for publication bias, which leads to a 36% discount. And combining the general and charity-specific evidence using Bayesian methods, this weighs the evidence in a formal, quantitative way, rather than relying on us to weigh the evidence with our subject best guess. We estimate that StrongMinds has a total effect per treatment of 2.15 WELLBYs. This includes the effect on the recipient and spillover effects on household members. This is considerably lower than our previous estimate of 10.49 WELLBYs, an 80% reduction. For the following reasons, 1, we now estimate a smaller household spillover ratio of 16%, before 38%, 2, we predict that StrongMinds has smaller than average effects, and 3, we now include a 36% discount for publication bias. On the other hand, the costs per person treated for strong minds has declined to $63, previously $170, which increases its cost effectiveness. We now estimate that a $1,000 donation results in 30 WELLBYs, 95% confidence interval, 15, 75, a 52% reduction from our previous estimate of 62, see our changelog website page. Hence, comparing the point estimates, we now estimate that StrongMinds is 3.7x, previously 8x, as cost-effective as give directly, which produces 8, 95% confidence interval. 1, 32, WELLBYs per $1,000, Maguire et al., 2022b. 
we think the quality of evidence supporting the effect of psychotherapy interventions is moderate. This is because the individual effects of psychotherapy are well evidenced, 77 RCTs, participants equals 28,491. However, there is currently no charity-specific evidence for strong minds as details of the forthcoming Baird et al. RCT are not public. Instead, we use a placeholder study that deploys the same intervention as strong minds, but then discount our placeholder study by 95% as a way of anticipating the prospect that the Baird et al. study will find a small effect, according to publicly available information, it has found a small effect. There are also only five RCTs for household spillover effects in low- and middle-income countries, LMICs. The lower-quality charity-specific and spillover evidence lowers our judgment of the evidence's quality. We view the depth of our analysis of psychotherapy and strong minds as moderate to high depth. We believe that we have reviewed most of the available evidence. However, note that our new report is a preliminary analysis we are releasing in time for the 2023 giving season. We plan to submit it to an academic journal in 2024 and expect the analysis to evolve somewhat. Overall, we think funding strong minds is a cost-effective way to improve global well-being, and is a particularly good fit for donors who value improving lives relative to saving them. Strong Minds is attempting to raise $19 million over the next two years to scale their services and launch an RCT. For donors particularly focused on saving lives, see AMF below. Subheading. 1.2 AMF Antimalarial Bednets. The Against Malaria Foundation, AMF, funds, and helps coordinate, the distribution of long-lasting insecticidal nets, LLINs, to help prevent malaria across the world. We have added the Against Malaria Foundation as our second top charity this year, because the decline in the cost-effectiveness of strong minds makes the two more comparable. Philosophical factors, the choice of where to place the neutral point and the badness of death, strongly influences the estimated impact of AMF, and reasonable people will hold different views. We do not take a stance about which view is correct, and there has been very little study of these issues. For more detail, see our report, Plant et al., 2022. We also made an online app that you can use to examine the cost-effectiveness of AMF under the philosophical views, we described there. LLINs can save and improve the quality of lives. We estimate their life-improving benefit from increased income is 4 WELLBYs, and their life-improving benefit from averting grief is 7.26 WELLBYs. For each life saved through AMF. We estimate the life-saving benefit ranges from 0 to 247 WELLBYs, depending on the philosophical view. Based on GiveWell's cost figures for AMF, for example, it costs $3 to provide a bednet to one child. We estimate AMF will produce 7 WELLBYs per $1,000 donated, 1x give directly, under philosophical views most favorable to improving lives but will produce up to 90 WELLBYs per $1,000 donated, 11x give directly, under views most favorable to saving lives. We're still considering how different philosophical approaches to handling moral uncertainty, another tricky issue, may be illuminating here. We think that the evidence supporting the effect of AMF is of moderate quality, because the evidence for the life-saving effects is high quality, RCTs equals 23, price et al. 2018 but the evidence of malaria prevention's life-improving effects are based on income, not subjective well-being, and are less generalizable to the context of bed nets. Our analysis is of moderate depth. We believe that we have included most of the available evidence, 
but we spend limited time and our analyses rely on a number of shallow estimates. We ultimately rely on GiveWell's analysis that AMF is a top, life-saving, charity. What we've done is taken GiveWell's estimates and reanalyzed its cost-effectiveness in our preferred framework, WELLBYs. We think AMF is a good option for donors who highly value saving lives. GiveWell estimated that AMF could absorb $33.2 million in 2023, and AMF reports they could absorb $300 million. However, if one particularly values saving lives, they might also consider other GiveWell-recommended life-saving charities like Helen Keller International or New Incentives. Subheading. 2. Promising Charities. Promising charities are well-evidenced opportunities that appear cost-effective, but we need to complete further work before we can recommend them. Subheading. 2.1 Friendship Bench Psychotherapy. Friendship Bench is an NGO that treats people for depression with individual, face-to-face, problem-solving therapy, PST, primarily in Zimbabwe and through community health workers. In 2022, they report at least 94,178 individuals received at least one session of therapy through their programs. Friendship Bench Annual Report, 2022. We estimate that Friendship Bench has a total effect of 1.3 for WELLBYs. This includes the effect on the recipient and spillover effects on household members. We currently estimate Friendship Bench has a cost of $21 per person treated, Friendship Bench Annual Report, 2022. Overall, for the whole household the cost-effectiveness of Friendship Bench is $17 per Welby, or 58, 95% confidence interval. 27, 151, WELLBYs per $1,000 spent. This is 7.0x times more cost-effective than give directly. The higher cost-effectiveness than StrongMinds is driven by its lower cost, which may be due to its delivery through volunteers and having its staff based in Zimbabwe. As we said in the StrongMinds section, we think the quality of evidence supporting the effect of psychotherapy interventions is of moderate quality. We view the depth of our analysis of psychotherapy and friendship bench as moderate. We believe that we have reviewed most of the available evidence. While Friendship Bench seems more cost-effective than StrongMinds, we view our current analysis as somewhat tentative and are in the early stage of our process to thoroughly understand Friendship Bench's program, track record, and future projects. Subheading. 3. Non-recommended charities. Non-recommended charities are those which we've rigorously evaluated, but the current evidence suggests these are not the most cost-effective funding opportunities available for improving people's subjective well-being they may be more cost-effective on a non-subjective well-being framework. Subheading. 3.1 Give Directly Cash Transfers. Give Directly is a non-profit that provides cash transfers to people living in poverty. Its primary focus is in sub-Saharan Africa. We have reviewed Give Directly in depth, Maguire and Plant, 2021A. Maguire and Plant, 2021D. Maguire et al., 2022A. Maguire et al., 2022b. Our model suggests that donating $1,000 to give directly would result in 7.8 WELLBYs for the other household members. The total cost effectiveness of give directly is $122 per Welby. Or 8 WELLBYs per $1,000 donated to give directly. See our analysis for more details. We think the evidence supporting the effect of give directly is of very high quality because there are at least five GiveDirectly-specific RCTs and a large general evidence base that shows no clear signs of publication bias.
however, we estimate that its program is several times less cost-effective at increasing well-being than our top charities, so it is not one of our top recommended charities to donate to. However, it could be a good fit for donors who value very evidence-based or uncomplicated interventions, need to move more funds than our top charities can absorb, or particularly value autonomy, this is not to say our top charities are not autonomy-enhancing, but arguably the case for cash is stronger regarding autonomy. Subheading. 3.2 Deworming Charities. Parasitic infections from worms affect around a billion people in mostly LMICs and cause a range of health problems. Elsa Tal, 2020. WHO. 2011. The case for deworming is that it is very cheap, less than $1 per year of treatment per person, and there is suggestive evidence it might have large effects on later income, Hamri et al., 2021. However, the evidence of the long-term impacts of deworming comes primarily from one study, the Kenyan Life Panel Survey, Baird et al., 2016, Hamri et al., 2021. Using this large data set, we conducted the first analysis of the impact of deworming on subjective well-being that we know of, Dupret et al., 2022. Therefore, we are relying on only one study with about roughly 5,200 respondents. Furthermore, the rest of the evidence base for deworming also has many non-significant findings and has led to many debates. Taylor Robinson et al., 2019. Welsh et al., 2019. Therefore, the strength of the evidence is weak we find a very small and statistically non-significant effect of deworming on happiness. It is not even clear how to take the effects at face value, see Dupret et al., 2022, for more detail. Because the effect is so small and uncertain, and the data come from a single study, we do not make recommendations for deworming charities at this time. Heading. Speculative Evaluations. In 2023, we explored new causes, interventions, and charities to improve well-being in the world. Some of this work will not be published until 2024, but we think it is worth presenting our current progress so donors and other researchers are aware of our work on these topics. In general, the evidence we've collected is weaker, and our forthcoming reports are shallower. We encourage readers who are interested in any of these topics to reach out to us directly for further details on these evaluations. Hello at happierlivesinstitute.org. Subheading. 4. Promising bets based on speculative evaluations. There are 4 areas that we think could be more cost-effective than our well-evidenced opportunities. Advocacy to reduce lead exposure, Maguire et al., 2023b. Protein supplementation to improve child development, report forthcoming. Parenting interventions to improve child development, report forthcoming. Community interventions to reduce gender-based violence, report forthcoming. We don't recommend these yet, but think they are promising and plan to look into them more. Subheading. For point 1 lead exposure. Lead, a heavy metal that is toxic to humans, WHO, 2021, is still a common ingredient in many household items in LMICs such as paint, spices, cookware, and cosmetics. The Lead Exposure Elimination Project, LEEP is a charity that lobbies governments in LMICs to regulate lead in paint. This prevents future cases of children being exposed to lead in paint. We think they have an exceptional track record at changing laws, regulations, and enforcement around lead paint. We estimate, in a rough back-of-the-envelope calculation, Botech, that $1,000 donated to LEEP would produce 872 WELLBYs, 
which is presently 107 times as cost-effective as Give Directly, Maguire et al., 2023b. The strength of the evidence we found is very weak, based on two cohort studies in high-income countries. The depth of our analysis is shallow and involves a considerable degree of guesswork. This is our top opportunity amongst the more speculative options we've evaluated. We recommend funding research to increase our confidence in this finding, because we think this could plausibly be a top charity recommendation in future years. However, donors with a higher tolerance of uncertainty might think this is a good opportunity now. Note that we must declare a conflict of interest, given that Claire Donaldson was previously the co-director of HLI but now works for LEEP. Subheading. For point 2 protein supplementation. Nutrition plays an important role in development and undernourishment remains a wide-scale problem throughout many regions. We estimate that protein supplementation during the first three years of life has a 2 to 16 well-being effect on subjective well-being. We expect adding protein supplementation to a child's diet for the first three years of life will cost between $20 and $120 per treatment. Altogether, this would imply energy-rich protein supplementation is between 15 to 150 WELLBYs per $1,000, 2 to 15x give directly. The direct evidence for the well-being effect of protein supplementation during the first two years of life is weak, 1 RCT, N equals 1,249, and the depth of our analysis was very shallow. The closest to actionable funding opportunity we've found is for partners in Health Haiti and their partner organization Zamni Lasanti, which operate malnutrition clinics that provide Neuromamba, a peanut-based, vitamin, and mineral-rich supplement. However, it is unclear whether the malnutrition program can be funded directly, so we primarily recommend further research. Subheading. 4.3 Parenting. Parenting interventions try to mitigate the developmental difficulties concurrent with poverty through improved caregiving, including stimulating play, reading, appropriate discipline, avoiding maltreatment, and improving parental mental health. Jong et al., 2021. We speculatively estimate that interventions to improve parenting have a total household benefit of 8.75 WELLBYs. Based on expenses of seven different programs, we think it costs $150 between $8 and $800, per treatment. Overall, we estimate that a parenting program could produce up to 58 WELLBYs per $1,000, that is, 7x give directly. The quality of directly relevant evidence is very weak, the quality of the general evidence is weak, and the depth of our analysis was very shallow. We primarily recommend funding further research on parenting interventions, as it is unclear how promising the current direct impact opportunities are. Subheading. 4.4 Violence Against Women and Children. Sardinha et al., 2022. Also see the WHO's map, estimated than in the past year. Prevalence of physical or sexual violence against women was 20% in Africa. We identified couples' interventions, parenting interventions, and community interventions as potentially cost-effective ways to address violence against women and girls, VAWG. Based on research by What Works, Co-Wilson et al., 2020. We found 10 effect sizes from 7 cluster randomized control trials, N equals 9222, based on these interventions. We estimate costs of the interventions reviewed ranged from $4 to $1,300 per participant reached. Overall, 
we think that community interventions to change gender norms and reduce gender-based violence could be between 20 and 150 WELLBYs per $1,000, 3x, 20x more cost-effective than give directly. The evidence is weak to moderate, which is better than for the other interventions we've reviewed in this section. The best opportunity we have found so far is to fund Raising Voices, an organization who trains others to implement the SOSA. Approach, a community intervention. This is a funding opportunity that Bansal, 2023, has also recommended, but we haven't yet looked at it closely. However, we primarily recommend funding further research on the effectiveness of interventions to reduce VAWG. Subheading. 4.5 Pain Alleviation. We explored the relationship between pain and well-being in two reports, Sharma et al., 2020. Duprat et al., 2023. These concepts seem tightly related. Our BOTEC suggests that improving access for opioids in LMICs and providing treatments for chronic pain might be promising, up to 100x as cost-effective as give directly. However, there is still fundamental research to perform, which we think could be relatively expensive, and we haven't investigated potential charities to fund. Subheading. 5. Less Promising Interventions. There are some areas we looked into but found were less promising. This is primarily because they have limited available or easily attainable evidence, but also because they appear to have relatively low cost-effectiveness or no actionable funding opportunities. We share these as a point of comparison. We expect donors will want to know about misses as well as hits. Subheading. 5.1 Increasing Immigration. In our cause exploration report on immigration, Maguire et al., 2023a, we present a cautious case against supporting increased immigration. The evidence for the well-being effects of immigration is mostly correlational. Despite that, we're fairly confident that immigration from low well-being to high well-being countries has large benefits for immigrants. We're concerned but uncertain about the risks of backlash, where efforts to increase immigration now could prevent more immigration later, or lose allies for other causes. When we conducted BOTECs of possible interventions to increase immigration, the most promising intervention, policy advocacy, which tends to be far more speculative than direct interventions, only came back as 11 times more cost effective than give directly cash transfers. We're inclined towards treating these as upper bound estimates. However, we're interested in evaluating Malengo, an organization which encourages educational immigration, primarily from Uganda to Germany, once they collect further causal evidence of their impact. Subheading. 5.2 Housing Improvements. Housing is an important need for humans. Hence, we would expect that it has a large impact on well-being. However, the evidence on flooring and housing improvements in LMIC's effect on subjective well-being is weak to moderate. One quasi-experiment of flooring N equals 2,742. One study of three lotteries for building tiny houses in slums, N equals 2,203. Flooring upgrades appear more cost-effective than complete housing upgrades, and cost around $300 per treatment. However, these do not appear particularly promising since we think 30 WELLBYs per $1,000 is an optimistic estimate. Earthnable is a charity for-profit hybrid where the charity oversees the operation of two for-profits in Uganda and Rwanda that build earthen floors that are purportedly waterproof and durable. Subheading. 5.3 Fistula Prevention and Repair. Obstetric fistula is an abnormal opening between a woman's genital tract and her urinary tract or rectum, WHO, 
2018. Fistula repair surgery is 86% successful and costs roughly $1,400 per treatment, although this is based on weak evidence, so is correspondingly uncertain. We expected that surgery to repair fistulas could strongly improve the well-being of women in LMICs. We estimate that a fistula repair surgery improves well-being by 25 to 60 WELLBYs per $1,000 spent. However, this calculation is based on multiple assumptions and guesses. Furthermore, the core evidence base involves pre-post studies. Hence, it doesn't give us causal information about the impact of the surgeries. We know of two charities that provide fistula repair surgeries. The Fistula Foundation, which has previously been evaluated by GiveWell, 2021. And the Catherine Hamlin Fistula Foundation. But currently we do not make recommendations for fistula repair charities. Subheading. 5 point for treating alcohol use, thought, or neurological disorders. We tried to find if there were any promising opportunities to treat mental health or neurological issues that weren't mood disorders. We looked into interventions and organizations treating alcohol use, drug use, thought disorders, like psychosis or schizophrenia, and epilepsy. We deprioritized this because the evidence is overall weak and there appear to be few relevant funding opportunities, or avenues for cheap but valuable research. Alcohol use. We think an optimistic estimate of the evidenced cost-effectiveness of interventions to address alcohol use is around 3x. Give directly cash transfers. Based 8 RCTs with 1,856 participants that involved brief counseling interventions that lasted an hour on average. After an extensive search of the Mental Health Innovation Network, MHIN, we found no organization specifically focused on reducing harm from alcohol abuse. Sangath may have or know of opportunities to fund harmful alcohol use reduction in India, but related researchers have not responded to our inquiries. From this, we concluded that the evidence is currently too weak, the speculative cost-effectiveness too low, and the funding opportunities too inactionable to support further investigation. Drug use. We only found evidence for psychological treatments of substance use, for RCTs, N equals 1126. The effects on depression for these was a 0.48 SD, 95% confidence interval. 0.18, 0.78, decrease in depression symptoms. The interventions had a considerably higher time spent in treatment than the alcohol interventions, 35 hours spent in treatment versus around 1 hour in total, which may explain the larger effect size. We expect the costs and duration to be similar to addressing alcohol use, implying a low cost effectiveness for the weak evidence. We also found no organization focusing on addressing substance use through small-scale interventions in LMICs. Thought disorders. The only evidence in LMICs we found with well-being outcomes was three RCTs, 0.58 SDS, N equals 208, of family interventions to improve the quality of care families provide to sufferers from schizophrenia. These interventions appear to cost hundreds to thousands of dollars per person, $3,823. Gadiri et al., 2015, $627, Gurehe et al., 2020. This leads us towards believing that the cost-effectiveness of treating thought disorders in LMICs is relatively low. We found some organizations focusing on treating thought disorders, but none focusing on using family-based interventions. Altogether, because of low cost-effectiveness and the weakness of evidence, we have not prioritized further research. Epilepsy. Anti-epileptic drugs, the primary treatment for epilepsy, 
appeared to be 50% at stopping seizures two years after initiation, Jost et al., 2018. But none of these studies reported mental health or subjective well-being measures appeared as primary or secondary outcomes in the 31 studies it meta-analyzed. This suggests that there does not appear much direct well-being evidence on treating epilepsy in LMICs, and thus we deprioritized evaluating treating epilepsy in LMICs as an intervention. Heading. Research priorities. In looking for the most cost-effective opportunities to increase well-being, we also discover what the gaps in the research landscape are. Here, we highlight where new evidence, or analysis of the existing evidence, would be particularly informative for determining the priorities. We may be able to conduct this research ourselves, or find partners who will. If you are interested in funding any of these research opportunities, please contact us at hello at happierlivesinstitute.org. Subheading. Malaria prevention. Our evaluation of antimalarial bed nets lacks data that measures well-being directly. However, we have seen preliminary research indicating that malaria prevention may have lifelong benefits for mental health. We think there is an opportunity to fund research that builds on this work for around $20,000 to $60,000. We think the value of research here is relatively high, as we think there's a good chance further research could qualitatively change our recommendations if it turned out malaria prevention was relatively more effective at improving quality of life. Further research about understanding how to make reasonable trade-offs between quality and quantity of life would be very helpful here too, but we think is very difficult to do. Two options we are considering are More careful survey work to understand where people place the neutral point on subjective well-being scales in LMICs. Work that allows for implementing moral uncertainty practically, such as cases like malaria prevention, where the estimated benefits depend on moral considerations. Subheading. Psychotherapy. We still expect further research into household spillovers to be highly informative, but relatively expensive since it would involve primary RCT work, costing between $50,000 to $500,000. There remains surprisingly little research into this area, three RCTs in LMICs, despite the massive role this parameter plays in our estimate of the effectiveness of psychotherapy. There has been no study that deliberately tries to estimate the household spillover effect on multiple household members. Where we found this data, it has been a secondary outcome. Estimating household spillovers, while more complicated and expensive than surveying only direct recipients, seems like a cost-effective manner of improving our knowledge of an extremely important area. Spillovers can represent the vast majority of the estimated effect, a case we made in Section 6 of Maguire et al., 2022b, and in our new report, Maguire et al. 2023c. Therefore, measuring spillovers seems like a relatively cheap extension of present RCTs when considering the potential information gained. It would involve randomly surveying different members of the household when the direct recipient is surveyed. Subheading. Cash transfers. Since the quality of the existing evidence is so high, we think further research has a relatively low value of information. If further research was to be pursued about cash transfers, we would be most interested to investigate the following questions. What are the long-term well-being effects of receiving a cash transfer in childhood? How much does adding the mortality reduction effects of cash transfers, Richterman et al. 2023, improve its cost-effectiveness? Do different values of cash transfers lead to different levels of cost-effectiveness due to the diminishing marginal utility of income? Subheading. Deworming. 
we do not know of any easily actionable research opportunities for deworming. The question we would most like to answer about deworming, if resources were not a constraint, is whether it has measurable short-term, zero to two year after receipt, benefits to well-being. Subheading. Research priorities for promising bets. Advocacy to reduce lead exposure. We are especially excited about a possible opportunity to fund the first causal study relating early life lead exposure to later, in life mental well-being. This work would be in collaboration with a team of economists who've published on the causal relationship between lead exposure and health outcomes. Protein supplementation. We believe there are several promising opportunities to encourage research related to the well-being effects of protein supplementation, with small grants. The research we're more interested in encouraging would be to study existing, hitherto UN-analyzed, data on, 1. The long-term mental health effects of two nutrition trials in India, and, 2. The effects of childhood exposure to the 1983 famine in Ghana. Parenting interventions. We think there are several research opportunities here worth funding, but we think that these research opportunities may have more moderate cost informativeness compared to the opportunities for lead exposure and protein supplementation. These opportunities, in order of our view of their importance, are 1. Fund the team of Islam et al. 2022 to follow up their BRAC Bangladesh study which looks at the effects on mother and children's mental health and subjective well-being. 2. Provide a small grant to encourage the replication and expansion of Young, 2021, to include well-being variables. 3. Replicate and update meta-analyses studying the well-being effects of parenting programs. Preventing violence against women and girls. We think there are several research opportunities here worth funding but we think that these research opportunities may have more moderate cost informativeness. A small grant would allow us or a partner to replicate and update meta-analyses of the effects of these interventions on rates of violence in order to model these over time and convert their effects to effects on well-being. Ideally, we'd welcome more studies of the effects of interventions tackling VAWG on well-being measures over longer periods of follow-up and with measures of household spillovers. This could strongly improve understanding of these interventions. However, who to fund to make this happen is unclear. Pain alleviation. The research opportunities here are more fundamental, and likely more expensive and less cost-effective than other areas. Hence, these are likely relatively less promising than many other opportunities. We'd be excited to see research on whether subjective well-being measures can assess well-being for those in extreme pain the potential household spillovers of being in pain and pain treatments. Systematically collecting case studies of palliative care reform to better estimate the likelihood of advocacy success, see Sharma et al., 2020 or OPIS for example. Understanding the causal effect of providing pain relief on pain and well-being levels in palliative care centers in LMICs. Subheading. Research priorities for less promising interventions. For immigration, we're interested in evaluating Malengo, an organization which encourages educational immigration, primarily from Uganda to Germany, once they collect further causal evidence of their impact. We have not come across any particularly promising research opportunities for housing improvements, fistula prevention, or treating non-mood mental or neurological conditions. If we were to do more research in these areas, we would try to collect more causal effects and details of implementers for these interventions. Heading. Conclusion. Our current recommendations reflect the opportunities for improving well-being that we have evaluated so far. 
it is likely that there are other highly impactful organizations we have not yet investigated. We aim to continually expand our research and look at further causes, interventions, and charities. Our recommendations may change over time as we discover more cost-effective opportunities or as new data is published concerning our top charities. We welcome feedback on our methodology and suggestions for other interventions and organizations to consider. If you have feedback, please contact us at hello at happierlives.org. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. It was first published on November 28, 2023. The original text contained 28 footnotes which were omitted from the narration. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.i.s.